Welcome to the Soulful Connections Podcast, co-hosted by Laura Brown and Natalie Parsons. Soulful Connections Podcast is a sacred space sharing intentional conversations that serve as medicine, supporting our spiritual path, wild alignment, embodiment, transformation, and healing. Let's dive into our hearts, our truth. Hey everyone, it's Laura. If you're listening for the first time, I am one part of the Soulful Connections podcast where we use intuitive and intentional conversations as medicine and seek to bring in a community and a collective of individuals from all different paths so that we can learn, we can be enriched, we can gain their beautiful wisdom. Um, Today I have the esteemed sage, the owner of the Rosewater Temple. She is really a colleague and becoming quickly a soul sister. I am very excited to sit down and to talk with her about her work. Um, others call her a spirit guide in human form, which is pretty high praise. Um, she professionally, you know, is, is a certified spiritual coach, uh, certified hypno- hypnosis practitioner, and inner power priestess. She specializes in guiding people to reconnect with their most authentic and purposeful experience in life. And who doesn't want that? So I want to welcome Sage. I want to welcome you all to Sage. And I want to say to Sage directly, thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank you, Laura, for having me here. I'm so excited to dive in with you and yeah see what comes up (laughs) yeah for sure yeah I was um like I said you know you and I I was on a summit um and I'm trying to think of the name of it now how bad of me (laughs) um but I happened to have been on a summit and and you had followed me on Instagram and I was like you know I had had quite a few you know followers that day from that particular summit Uh And I don't usually pay that much attention to it. Like I'm not like going through like the lines, you know, it's not really egoic for me, but there was something about both your name Mm -hmm. and your image that I, like my guys were like, you have to click on her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I did. And I like instantly, it was almost like, like I was looking at somebody I've known all my life. And I felt really silly because I, I reached out by a DM and I'm like, I don't mean to sound creepy, um, but I really am feeling drawn to you. And, you know, there's something like, I, I don't know, you know, I just feel like we're supposed to talk, you know, like we're supposed to connect in some way. Um And you kind of responded that you felt the same (laughs) and, you know, I I, I didn't feel like a, you know, weird stalker anymore. So So we've actually, you know, we've had some conversations before, but I asked her to be on the podcast because I, I feel like, 
as much as there's a lot of similarities between our work, I, th I feel like there's a lot of contrast as well. Um, and I, I really feel like what I wanted to at least initially deep dive into is kind of your story, like, you know, who is Sage? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how did you come to this work? You know, what inspires you within this work? Um, if you don't mind sharing that. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, just to echo that, um, that synchronicity of us coming together. It was one of those, um, it was one of those funny things that we were both having this ex simultaneous experience on either sides where I saw you and the reason I clicked on your wealth summit was that um, familiarity and that drawn and mm -hmm. something about just that little picture. It's like, I know you. So I love the way things weaved together. And um, yeah, to answer your question about who, who I am and how I came to this work, it really, for me was this, um, path of remembering something that I've done in multiple lifetimes and really mm -hmm. didn't feel worthy of holding until I did. And um, a big part of my journey to rediscovering this work was through my pregnancy and um, birthing into motherhood, rebirthing into mm -hmm. motherhood story where I had a um, pretty arduous time walking that path, um, mm -hmm. just kind of with the way that society holds us, normal society holds us in that experience. So for me, um, it was kind of a discovery of hypnosis while I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I went to hypnobirthing classes and it was my first window into this world that, um, you know, beyond the veil and this lifetime where people were not really talking to me about it. I just, I would go to my prenatal appointments at the hospital and something would feel so off to me about the whole system and the way that we were being held in that experience and my own deep fear of birthing a, a human life out of my body. So a lot of my um, inquiry at that time while I was pregnant was going into the womb and going kind of into the great void and discovering um, this whole world that nobody had ever taught me about ever. And so my first initiation, what my first mentor was really kind of my, my children, my, um, my pregnancy experience with them. So, or the entity that you are when you're a pregnant person, maybe not necessarily yeah. my children, but just that whole experience. <laughs> and so that kind of um, got me on this path. And from there on, it was just kind of like this Pandora's box of door opening mentor over here, medicine person over here, and just kind of following these synchronicities on this path until I finally realized that this was a calling of mine, not just a, um, an interest. And so, um, yeah, I really say motherhood ushered in this career for me. Yeah, it does. Well, I, in fact, I was just talking to somebody about, um, about motherhood and, you know, with my youngest Artemis, who will be six on Halloween, like, I almost feel as though I didn't really, really, and I'd been already doing this work for, you know, 14 years. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel like I truly had become what I do today and, you know, enter into these spaces until I was pregnant with her. Wow. Um, and it's interesting because I have you know, three other children. 
And, you know, each child brings a different gift, a different challenge, a different lesson, you know, they change you in a different way. But Artemis really, there was such a connection between us from, from the womb that like, I almost feel like she helped to activate Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these higher gifts, these higher kind of teachings and expanded, you know, cause at that point I was only like a tarot reader and an intuitive counselor. Mm. Um, so I love, you know, that you bring up how motherhood really can be a catalyst, you know, not just for the internal changes that, you know, and the way that we change as a person after mm. birthing another child, but you know, how spiritually, you know, we, we become a different person, mm -hmm. you know, and, and also once you stepped on that path, it was, you know, it, it's kind of funny how, when we do, no matter how risky it may seem, you know, everything that we need just miraculously appears, wow. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, they just like plop, 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 plop. It's like the universe is just waiting for us to mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm going to pick up my foot now. Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful visual that gave me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that um, there's something also about our children when they're first born, when, we, when you witness the veil so thin in their experience and the, what the wisdom they're carrying in their eyes you're like where the hell did you just come from you know what did you, what did you just see <laughs> yeah yeah because you know that that blueprint you know that mm -hmm. that intuition you know that remembrance of who they are even if they can't convey it um mm -hmm. it's still there you know, and so there is such a magic, you know, I always say mm -hmm. that the first time that they would lay the, you know, each of my children on my chest, you know, like I get like the whole skin to skin and, you know, all of that. But mm -hmm. for me, it was like, it felt like our heart cords connecting, mm -hmm. you know, and it felt like, you know, they were kind of sharing some of, you know, what they couldn't verbalize, you know, about what they, you know, well, we all remember, I believe anyways, when we come into this life, but, you know, slowly become detached from as we get older and older, which speaking of which, you know, you know, do you feel that you had even prior to motherhood and giving birth to your children, you know, this, this sense of otherworldliness, you know, intuition, you know, or, or was that not even part of your experience? Oh, I absolutely did. And now when I reflect back to my childhood, I have these moments that are kind of indescribable in human words, but just this like sensory experience that I would have on my own. And I always kind of going up through my childhood, I felt like a little bit of an outsider to the groups of kids and not in a sad way in a in a kind of self-chosen way where I'd rather be yeah. communing with the animals and just kind of mm -hmm. a different I always felt like I had a different perspective on life than a lot of people did yeah. um and just felt that energy sensitive but it manifested in my adulthood and teenage years as anxiety and mm -hmm. I built up a lot of um 
a lot of walls away from the spiritual gifts as a way to cope in the world, in the third dimensional world, because it really wasn't cultivated. The gifts, my mother was intuitive and um, she, but she wasn't in the realms and raising me in that way. And the schools, you know, it's not like I went to a mystery school. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of, um, was in ancient Egypt where (laughs) mystery schools were a plenty. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of, um, I mean, maybe a lot of us people who kind of identify as oracles now feel this kind of, um, it, it was a rediscovery process because it had been so kind of conditioned out of me to not trust those intuitions or to not trust the unseen realms. And so um, for me, that manifested as really kind of chaotic 20s, 20 somethings and drinking a lot and just kind of trying to do anything to um, cope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so out of touch with my own intuition, living in busy New York City and just really not in touch with my own frequency. And yeah. Um, just kind of, and when I look back now, I see myself as just this like open vessel, like letting all these energies come in. And it was so wonderful for where I am today. It was necessary, but it really was this kind of remembering process. Yeah. And when you don't have the tools, you know, to protect yourself. And, you know, I always say that those who are highly sensitive are kind of like a lighthouse in the midst of a dark, dark sea. And mm-hmm. so there's, you know, you're basically a beacon for everything to come mm-hmm. at you. And if you're living in a highly populated populated area like New York, mm-hmm. you know, that can only amplify it. But I, I think your expression of your experience is, it, it's one, it mirrors my own. It's one that I've heard so many times from other individuals who, you know, are highly sensitive or have certain gifts that they just, you know, you made the comment that you kind of sort of consciously chose, you know, to, to self-isolate and to not really integrate with, you know, your peers or what have you. And I was kind of the opposite. (laughs) I was like little, like little, you know, Pisces sensitive, like, Hey, like, why don't you like me? Like, I know I'm kind of awkward, you know. Um, so my, you know, my mine were like my isolation wasn't so much chosen as it was kind of like, you know, and you know, just was what it was. Um, and that changed as I got older and I kind of learned to acclimate, but also around that same time is when I did the same thing as you, you know, drugs, alcohol, things that I could kind of insulate myself from and, you know, kind of latch on in a way that they could relate to. Yeah. They could, especially growing up, like I grew up in, in, you know, rural, small town, you know, Michigan, you know, super, super small town. So, you know, you want to talk about a place that didn't have any mystery schools. <laughs> like They didn't even have like a metaphysical store or anything like that, you know. So for, I, I think that one of the hopes that I have as, you know, we kind of see things shift is that we can get back, and I say get back because these teachings used to be taught, mm-hmm. these tools used to be provided. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and much more honored and revered as opposed to, oh, she needs medication or, oh, he's a little off his rocker. You know, it's kind of belittled and dismissed, even as we're still seeing it go mainstream in another way entirely. Mm-hmm. But one of my hopes for this shift that I feel, and you tell me where I'm wrong, um, that we're going through is I'm really hoping that we kind of push out that distorted masculine that we've been having under for so long. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of broken down, you know, the system as, as you know, we've seen and, and lived. Um, and that we can get back to that feeling nature and that intuitive nature. And we can get back to, you know, honoring, you know, gifts like this and helping provide tools, you know, Mm -hmm. for children, you know, at any point in their life when they become activated um, so that they, you know, they don't have to go through, you know, such a, a, you know, sort of dark soul, you know, moment, as much as it may teach us something, you know, I'm kind of hoping that that's the direction we're headed in. I feel that so deeply. And even when I look at, say, young 20 year olds now, a lot of them, there Mm -hmm. seem to be, there seems to be this evolution process that I can see. And even younger people of that generation, where I, I feel like the wisdom that some of that generation embodies is I was not at a level of consciousness to do that when I was that age. And um, so I feel like I'm starting to see those shifts manifest. And I, I agree. I wonder if that process of losing yourself is so necessary if you're living in a culture that's supportive of the feminine and the intuitive gifts. And maybe that (laughs) will change when that's embraced and kind of held for people as they grow up instead of, um, yeah, having to kind of really a lot of the work that I do is about deconditioning from the to- toxic patriarchy. And that's what I think so much of the, so many of our wounds that come from, you know, whatever they are, racism, everything, yeah. I feel like can everything. be traced back to this wounded masculine. So I, yeah. I think so often about how, you know, the mission is really to heal that. And sometimes even now we see this kind of polarity between right and wrong. And I I even feel deeply that the the wrong, the people in the wrong right now are just hurting. It's just the wounded masculine. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, I was going to say, as you were talking, what came through is that, you know, even the wounds that we experienced in this lifetime, not so much by society, but maybe by our parents or by, you know, other family members or our peers or what have you, you know, they too, you know, were brought up under the distorted masculine, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were programmed with the same kind of, you know, 3D notion of reality. And I love that you bring up polarity, you know, because, you know, as an Ascension guide, one of the hardest parts for you know, the clients that I work with, these beautiful beings who are ready to consciously, you know, partake in this process is getting them out of that polarity Mm -hmm. because it's all good, bad, right, wrong, black, white, you know, there's just, it, it is so much about that polarity. And so I always say like, you know, to pivot that, 
you know, let's say agreeable or disagreeable, mm -hmm. you know, like, because everything to really begin, and I think there's a ripple effect, which is why I want to guide as many. And I think that you're doing, even it, though it may be through a different means, and I want to ask about that in a second mm -hmm. with you, um, it ripples out. Mm -hmm. And I think that just like, you know, because I believe the 3D paradigm has already collapsed. Mm -hmm. What is keeping it and its laws seemingly in, in action and, and emotion is that the mass consciousness continues to feed it with its perception. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's also why we're kind of seeing some of the glitches in, in the matrix, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of just feeling out of time or, you know, experiencing more synchronicity, mm -hmm. having more people awaken um, is because those who are willing to kind of open their divine eyes and not just their human eyes, they're beginning to see that, wait a second, you know, why did I accept certain things as being true, you know, when it's different? So when we, you know, begin our own process and we, we um, get the tools that we need and when we begin to realize that, you know, everybody who has, you know, lived and died within, you know, I don't even know, as long as, you know, we can really quantify, they all lived under that distorted masculine, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and so they too, like you said, were wounded, you know, so like you talk about inherited family um, trauma and, or, and like what comes through there. And I, and I saw that that was something that you dealt with um, in your session. Um, or sessions, that too is linked to that, mm -hmm. you know, that distorted, because they basically are coming in with the same conditioning. You mm -hmm. know, they, they have no other model or concept, and we're really not taught, you know, to activate, to elevate, to expand. We're really just taught, you know, we're almost dumbed down, you know what I'm saying? This is what it um, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, numb yourself with beer, you know, buy that, you know, expensive ass cream that, you know, you at 50 think is going to make you look like the 20 year old model who's buying or modeling it yeah. Buy the expensive, this expensive, that, you know, um, like everything is just, it, it, it's all, you know, they always say, use your head. What were you thinking? And it's like, yeah has anybody considered that there's like, there is a part of us below the neck, you know, <laughs> that there is like this whole other body consciousness that we can tap into and what is it holding, you know, what, what does it contain, you know, and, and there's no, there's no emphasis on that. So every generation is basically just a, a, another repetition of the same if not worse, wounds and trauma mm -hmm. and conditioning that by now is embedded so deeply that, you know, even as an Ascension guide, and, and maybe you can tell me what you think, I, there's times I fear, like, is it 
too embedded? Is it too ingrained? You know, like I know, like even individually, you know, what Mm -hmm. we do ripples out and it has an impact on those around us. But Mm -hmm. we also know that that's not necessarily strong enough to combat the mass consciousness. So what, like, (laughs) you know, how do, how do we get that power? Do you think, Mm -hmm. like, how do we, you know, make it so that ripples out to such a degree that it can actually begin to have an impact on that mass mass consciousness so that they, you know, can start to see the way things or through their own lens, you Mm -hmm. know, shifts and changes and what's really possible for us. Yeah. Specifically right now, I feel like we're, it energetically feels like this tipping point. I would agree with you that the, the 5d is here the 3D has collapsed. There's so many, I think people kind of clinging on to the old because if you haven't gone through a series of your own dark night of the souls and arrived at that, those realizations on your own to have all of that collapse so rapidly would be so jarring. And so it's, I think it's challenging. It's easier to hold on to the right and the wrong. And um, I think it's confusing and unsettling for a lot of people. And even, even for myself on some levels, even for those who are, have these levels of awareness, it still is like our bodies have to change to adapt to this new reality. And um, it's a lot of shedding. It's a lot of letting go and purging and, um, yeah, we can have like the, like you're saying, it's not all in our mind. We can have the mental awareness, but to actually experience it in our bodies is something completely different. And Absolutely. yeah, I feel like the, the somatic releases are so important, really that, that going into mm-hmm. the body and feeling it. And so much of my own personal work um, has been to kind of feel the pain um, I know when I was first began my prosperity journey, I began um, untangling these kind of lies about um, just not lies, misinformation about what prosperity is. And I went into my own journey thinking this is all from childhood. And what I got was I saw a vision of myself through my father's eyes in Iran before he moved as an immigrant to America. So the things that are within us run so deep. And I think that it's when we just look at one another, all we see is our physical bodies, but the things that we're carrying come from generations and generations back. And so doing that inquiry is huge. And I really believe that this period of time we came to the earth to do it. And so what I remind myself and clients that I'm working with is that when you're healing one aspect of yourself, you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for your grandmother and her grandmother. And it's like the ripple effects are huge. So the, the guidance that I find myself giving during this time is to be selfish, to really come back to that like yes. self love and self-service because that ripple effect is so much greater than the martyr or the self-sacrificial service that has to kind of crumble down. And I really feel as though it's time now for kind of the healers and the light workers to raise and rise in that abundance and then let that reverberate out rather than this. I think a lot of us have seen the um, period of time where it was to serve was self-sacrificial and noble and kind of self-righteous even. And just right. like, I'm doing this because it's the right thing. And now I feel as though there's or I'm shift. doing this to be saved, etc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or to be the hero, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think right now I can feel a shift of, um, you know, yeah, just if you're on this path of service, 
the best thing I think you can do is really, really serve yourself and fill that cup. And I, the ripple effects that that gives off is not, um, it's not to be overlooked. It's really, I think, so important that that's how we shift the collective conscious, you know, especially right now when there's so many distortions, you know, there's a lot of distortions. That are being revealed even, which I think is interesting because I do agree with you that I think that there's a lot that is being exposed Mm -hmm. and is being seen and heard that is, you know, it's so oppositional to the personal narrative that many people have accepted as truth for most most of their lives, you know, and, you know, the way I've channeled it is that, you know, we're kind of being presently given two pathways, Mm -hmm. you know, one is to transform, evolve, you know, to raise that frequency. The other is to stay as you are, you know, and to continue living under the laws, because it's not like, you know, those of us that take one path are, are going to like suddenly go somewhere else. Like yeah. we're still, like it's an embodied ascension. So we're mm-hmm. still living within this human world mm-hmm. um, and having the ups and downs, which is why, you know, I love that you mentioned that it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're working as a professional, whether you're working personally on this, like it is a nonstop process of, you know, kind of recognizing when the human is kind of in the picture and having that moment and then, you know, using the tools that we are working rather with the tools that we have to pivot, you know, back to the direction and and the frequency we want to be in. Um, But I, there was something that I, oh, I hate when this happens. Uh, The idea, oh, that's what it was, is that that idea that, you know, I I just had this conversation with a client, which is why it just, it's so synchronous, synchronistic, um, because she is, she's a beautiful human being, but she's in service of everybody but herself. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I said the same thing. I was like, there is a thing that I call sacred selfishness. Mm. You know, we have to be, you know, like there has to be a harmony. It's not always going to be 50-50. Sometimes it's going to be 80-20, but the, the goal is not to keep it there, right? You know, the goal is to try to find as much balance between service to others and service to self as is possible. Mm-hmm. Because without that, you know, there, we don't have light unless we have dark, you know, like even, you know, the guides that I speak to and, you know, and I work kind of under the premise that we're children of the night uh, or of the earth and, and the cosmos of the stars. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, connect with Gaia, but I also connect with, you know, teams that exist in the galactic sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I channel is that we're not trying to get rid of darkness. You know, we're not trying to get rid of, you know, those, you know, personality types, whether they're out there or they're down here. We're just trying to say, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, we want you to stay over there. We want you to leave them alone. Like, you know, let's keep some harmony and balance, you know, because for one to exist, we we live in a binary universe. We kind of have to have, you know, that 
element of, of harmony and balance. And, you know, for one thing to exist, there has to be, you know, an opposite. There has mm-hmm. to be a, you know, kind of that mirror um, that reflects back other, you know, options. And so for me, it's, it's kind of remembering that, you know, there are going to be some that choose to remain under the third paradigm. And there's going to be others that I think are going to open up to, you know, the fifth and begin to experience what's possible therein. Um, But I want to kind of switch topics a little bit because I wanted to get a little bit more information for myself, (laughs) Um, but I'm sure everybody else does as well, because I was reading and everything that I was reading about it, I was like, oh, I I could use that and I could use that (laughs) and I could use that. Um, But you offer what are called deep dive sessions, Mm -hmm. is that correct? That's correct. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about them and and the process? Because it, it just sounds so dynamic and beautiful. We would love to hear from you. The conversation is co-created, so share your comments below or hop on Instagram and visit Soulful Connections Podcast underscore. We are on the other side of the comments and can't wait to connect with you. We appreciate our conversations. Don't forget to give us a follow and leave a review on Apple or Amazon. To support the Soulful Connections podcast, intentional conversations that serve as medicine, share with your friends or on social media. Yeah, absolutely. And they really are that dynamic is a good way to describe them because they're never the same. So initially I was trained as a classical hypnotherapist back in the day. And what I learned from hypnotherapy Um, is so valuable to me about just the subconscious mind having so much dick control, I want to say, over our experiences and our actions, because so much of our mind is, um, we cannot see it so much, you know, big part of our operating system is hidden to us. So, so much of what I gathered in my training with hypnosis has been profound in helping people um, just transcend those old limiting beliefs. And what I noticed when I started practicing my medicine is that there was, there's some shamanic seed inside of me that comes through every time. So, um, so the deep dives have evolved into their own kind of entity and they're, they're very spirit led. So what happens in a session just technically is that we sit down and we kind of go into sacred space and call in either one of our higher selves. And then what happens from that point on is, um, mystery mystery (laughs) we um we kind of journey to different realms so depending on what block or just kind of hiccup someone is going through there's there's a there's a reason for it that is beyond me and my knowledge Mm -hmm. and my belief um, and what i hold in the container is that the higher self of that person always knows the correct answer. So if there's ever a time where your subconscious is self-sabotaging you or you just can't move beyond this pattern, you don't know why, you've tried all these other modalities, there's, there's always a reason, always, whether it's a health symptom, whatever it is, however it's manifesting, the subconscious, the superconscious has the knowledge. So we kind of go into those realms and whatever medicine comes through at that time is just unique to where that person is at that point in time. So sometimes we'll go into a past life, 
Sometimes we'll go into an inner child memory. I really have no agenda for the sessions except for to hold the space and see where they need to go or where they're guided to go for the specific integration. And oftentimes it's a somatic release that happens, some kind of feeling um, that it's been stored in the energetic body that wants to be released. Yeah. And then at the end um, is when the hypnosis comes in. So we take whatever guidance came through during the session and I just mm -hmm. feed that back. So that way it's coming from you. It's all your words, your higher self um, insights that came through during the session. And I just feed that back to the subconscious to say, hey, it's safe now to show up in this way. It's safe now. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious is so literal. It's really people are surprised at how um, transformative one session can be because you can have cultivated these programs in your mind from age seven and that's just the way it's been and your subconscious is wanting to protect you and keep you safe and so it continues to recycle that program for your whole yeah. life and all you have to do is talk to the subconscious it's listening and just say hey we don't need to go down this pathway anymore we're going to pave a new one that's going to go over here instead of being rewarded by stress being rewarded by that you know, um, part of your brain lighting up, we're going to go this way now. And it's, it's simple, you know, a lot of transformation happens after one session. So it's kind of my own, um, it's my own design pulling on different things that I've learned through my path. And yeah. I love it. I love that you go into it without an agenda too, yeah. you know, cause I always tell my clients, like, I kind of just meet you wherever you're at, yeah. you know, I mean, I like I, I see some people who have these, you know, really sort of regimented programs. And I just mm -hmm. I'm like, like, that may fit, you know, some people, but mm -hmm. what about other people, you know, like, yeah. I, I, I love that you kind of just, you create the container for the magic to happen. Mm -hmm. you know, and that to me, I mean, do you, do you have to lead them into the subconscious or lead them into the superconscious, or is it more of your just asking them to like explore within? Cause I find I often have to like guide them, you know, yeah. whether it's guided meditation, whether it's kind of, you know, helping them relax through visualization, mm -hmm. um, you know, usually I have to kind of get them into a space where they feel like they are suddenly um, capable of accessing their subconscious. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious if, if that's, you know, something that you do or, if, you know, they're able to kind of go to that place, you know, naturally or organically on their own. Um, so how beautiful. Now I'm so curious too about your, your sessions and like what it entails. I'm like, are we doing the same thing? Probably on some levels. I'm sure there's some. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guide the way that it works is that I guide through my words um, to that state. And then once we're in that state, I notice there's usually a switch where I begin kind of following. And so I'm still there. There's a structure to every session. So it's always going to start the same. And there's these pillars within that will reach. Yeah. And I kind of follow. So often what I notice is if I start following and asking kind of what they're experiencing, we will be led to places that surprise us both. And, mm -hmm. um, and kind of get whatever clearing, but there's, there's always the structure of coming back. So once we've experienced, say that's just a childhood memory that wants to right. be released, I'm there to kind of 
guide us back to that positive place, release the emotion and move on <laughs> to the next phase. So we're working together, but all the activations, you know, maybe you feel this way too. It's all, I'm just there as a mirror. It's really all yeah. this inner activations work. And I, I really feel like when we connect with others, there's just something about them that help us alchemize that yeah. particular medicine in that yeah. moment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. In fact, I, um, I did a healing the other day and, and it was, well, not, it was in an, an activation and I explained to her because I like to kind of keep them informed of like what I'm seeing. Cause I'm not really doing anything. I'm asking for things and connecting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, mentioned that I saw like light codes and, 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 you know, key codes coming in. And she's like, well, what are those? And I was like, well, those are basically activating what's already within you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cause we all contain like the answer to all of our questions. We contain the, you know, all of the abilities that we could ever think of, you know, on mm -hmm. um, anything. It's just, it's not activated. Mm -hmm. You know, so when, you know, whether it's through a session, because I always say I work vibrationally, you know, like mm -hmm. even, you know, the words that come out and, and maybe you're the same way, even that seems to be shifting energies, you know, I can Absolutely. feel it, you know, like yeah. I always say, like, if I yawn or I burp or you hear my yeah. belly gurgling, like, I promise you, I'm not being unprofessional or bored with you. Yeah. It's just energy shifting. Absolutely. Um, but you know, I I I always say like you can you contain, you know, as the individual everything that you need to solve every issue that you have to activate anything you may want. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of finding, you know, maybe somebody who can activate or help you activate them, or mm -hmm. learning to activate them for yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I always say it's like, it's not necessary to work with me to do what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it can be helpful in the sense that if you don't have certain tools or, you know, because everybody does, like, I, I mean, from what I have experienced, everybody is, you know, it, it's, it's almost impossible to train, you know, to change the subconscious, you know, mm -hmm. it's the generative part of our being, you know, and it is just on this constant loop. And, you know, how do you stop that? And I've tried so many things, you know, exactly what you said. And it's just mm -hmm. like, well, just because you haven't found the way to do it yet, it doesn't mean that there isn't an efficient way, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, to do it and to, and to, and to reroute that. But, um, so, so do your clients typically come back because there's something else they want to like experience that release or do some people find that they need to, to kind of, um, play in the same spaces for a few sessions before they kind of can say that their emotional, you know, attachment to that is, is gone. Or like I say, kind of more like a picture on the wall yeah. than like a scene you're playing in. Well, it just depends. I mean, off, often one session can be life-changing and transformative and that's it. That issue is gone. It's resolved. And it, it just depends. It's definitely a receptivity thing. I think that what, what, what level of consciousness you come in and what, um, how much, let's say, I don't want to say fear, but how much 
um, excitement that someone brings to the session and readiness, I'll see shifts very, very, very quickly. And sometimes it's just like going into a past life and witnessing the past life and you can just watch it on their face and they look different afterwards. Like, oh, okay, I was a witch in a past life. This is why it's so hard for me to speak my truth because I have this fear in me of my survival or that, you know, any things like that. But oftentimes we, um, people will come back to do longer programs with me afterwards because the deep dive is often um, centered around this kind of healing and then the, the coaching programs that I do that are longer and more and just empowerment and getting the business to the next level or whatever other activations. And often right. it's just, if there's a good um, synergy, we want to do more work together. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. I imagine once they see, you know, how, how effectively you can, you know, mm-hmm. serve as a conduit in that capacity, they, <laughs> they're like, okay, what else can we <laughs> Let's do more. Like, you yeah. Know. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's beautiful. And, 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 you know, to be able, you know, because I, you know, I, I used to have a lot of offerings where, you know, they, they were kind of based on like a frequency, mm-hmm. you know, I have this particular issue. So, you know, what do you, like, what would you recommend? And I would say, well, you know, usually with the, with the modalities I was working with then, I would say, oh, well, it might take three months, you know, and we'll kind of do a check at where we're at then, um, meeting either like bi-weekly or weekly. And now with my breakthrough sessions uh, and the modalities that I'm combining, and that's kind of why I asked you is because I'm finding that they're like, oh, you know, like one session and they're like, I feel like that's released. I feel like it's gone. And I'm like, yeah, that's impressive. But I'm like, wow, like, (laughs) you know, that's pretty amazing. Like, I don't have to, you know, I I, I don't have to make them feel like it's a journey that they have to muscle their way, um, that I've come to a place and a certain level of understanding and modalities that can offer them you know, what has long been told to them is impossible, which is mm-hmm. your instantaneous release and healing. In a second. Yeah. yeah. I know, you know, I was talking about this yesterday, Laura, this, the, the, I have my hangups with talk therapy for this reason. I, mm-hmm. I advocate for talk therapy and think it's a wonderful resource and tool. And I think I would love for the kind of work that we're doing to become more mainstream because right. I think that sometimes people get caught in the victim loop or this kind of needing guidance from outer authorities for yeah. a prolonged period of time. And everyone that I work with, I just, I, my highest vision for our work together is for them to see themselves as the wisdom keeper and to be able yeah. to even access some of the same realms, the same modalities mm-hmm. to do for themselves. Obviously I can do this for myself and I still go to people like you for sessions because I love the activations that happen with two. Yeah. And, and we all should have like, yeah. I always say, would you go to, you know, would you go to a financial advisor who was broke? Would you go to a therapist yeah. who didn't have a therapist? You know, like yeah. we all have our support teams because you know sometimes we you know we need somebody outside of us 
Yeah. No, but I didn't interrupt you. Continue. No, I love that. And I, and I think it's that, but you have the wisdom that you, that you're so connected to your intuition at any time that you're not maybe look, putting the other person on a pedestal anymore or thinking that they hold something that you don't have within you. You're going right. because it's fun and it's beautiful. And I think that that's a big part of my mission is to really activate that within people to see themselves as sovereign and capable and just like so powerful because we're all yeah. so truly so powerful. Yeah, mm, I totally. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. And, and, and that's, you know, it's why I've kind of rerouted a lot of what it is that I do because I want, I want others to believe in the miracles Mm-hmm. You know, not just from an ascension standpoint, you know, that's why, you know, yeah, I, I, I help those who are interested in learning about ascension and, and what, you know, ascending means, what it entails, but even, you know, the intuitive counselor in me, you know, I want to be able to offer the same level of miracles to the people that I work with that reminds them that, you know, like everything in life, contrary to what we've been told, we don't have to muscle our yes. way through it, mm-hmm. you know, because I have the same issue with talk therapy. And I always say, you know, I always say to try it out because I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll work for you. It's not my job to tell you what to mm-hmm. do or not to do. But my opinion and my, my hang up with the traditional talk therapy is that I don't need to ruminate on my feelings. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't need to ruminate on the past and what happened. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I don't, you know, like what I need is, you know, you to kind of take me to that next level, yeah, absolutely. you know, because, because, you know, just I always say, you know, a a girlfriend of mine, you know, she was going to counseling for a while. I say a while and really it's been like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, have you ever, you know, because you always want to be careful because, you know, unless asked, you know, you don't want to encroach on their free will. But I, I finally just was like, you know, when she mentioned 10 years, I was like, have you ever considered that? that, you know, maybe if you've been doing something for 10 years, it's not really working. (laughs) You know, that that maybe a different, uh, you know, approach might be better, you know? And I was trying to be really, really careful because she's an Aries, which means that you can piss her off, you know, in an instant. but I, but I, I did, I, I mean, I, I, out of the, you know, the genuine love in my heart for her, I was just like, you know, she's mystical and she's receptive and she's open to a lot of things. And it's like, you know, why, you know, why would anybody, you know, it's kind of like, what is that, that quote, aren't, you know, why, people who do the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember it precisely, but it's like after 10 years, you know, like, mm-hmm. hello, you know, mm-hmm. maybe what you're doing, you know, what you're doing in those sessions isn't necessarily the answer that you are looking for, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so for me, that's always been, cause people are like, well, what's the difference between what you do and what a therapist does? And I always say, you know, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I like to find the root cause, you know, and kind of where, mm-hmm. you know, certain hangups are located. Um, that tells me kind of what to, to anchor in, what to clear, mm-hmm. what to heal, what to guide you through. But, but genuinely, like, n- m- none of our session is going into their past. I ask them what they're dealing with now, what the obstruction is. Mm-hmm. I kind of consult my charts and my pendulums and I consult their higher selves and my higher selves. And, you know, we go down this journey and then, you know, my interest is clearing that, you know, mm-hmm. and is, is getting rid of it. I could really give a shit less what the past was about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in, in putting all those puzzle pieces together because that's not necessary to heal. It's so, not, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful. And that's, I think that because, well, two things that came up, a lot of things come up as you're speaking, but the, the subconscious part of us, it just wants us to keep us in that loop and that safe and that familiar. And it really does view anything out of the, uh, out of the ordinary as unsafe. And so many of us have been kind of programmed to believe that healing has to be hard or that to yield anything positive, it has to be kind of like pull your bootstraps up. And I think as we're moving to the fifth dimension, we're kind of seeing that, you know, the manifestations of how that's not true, how things happen quickly and Mm. how, it's hard for our human minds to comprehend how quickly change and transformation can happen and that it's just an energetic shift within you to activate new frequencies and you know that you never go back and i think that that is hard to comprehend and we like to kind of figure everything out um and i think that's just it too is really with this kind of work is getting when people to me i think when people start to identify with themselves as the spirit more than the human is when the suffering mm-hmm. ends and mm-hmm. in therapy or different modalities sometimes we can end up identifying with our human story and that's yeah, suffering too much because, because of that's all we're talking about yeah yeah and then when yeah. we really like on a somatic level feel ourself as a spirit first and foremost then it's like we come back to viewing the world in this more childlike way where it's yeah, just for fun. This is just an avatar. Right. This is one of my many, many lives. Like I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and that's what I say. Like, you know, we need to kind of get back into our child. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to, you know, be able to see our backyards as wild jungles where Mm -hmm. lions and tigers are chasing us and we're climbing up trees Mm -hmm. as high as we can go and let go of that adult fear of, oh no, I'm going to fall and break an arm and break a hip or whatever it may be. And instead, like just immerse ourselves in the fun of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I, I think that that's so important because really that's kind of what we came here to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't come here, in my opinion, to struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't come here to go through one hardship after the other. Um, so for me, I, I look at, you know, clearly there's been a distortion to the plan, but it's kind of like, well, what, you know, can I do to to change that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and I've noticed, you know, as I've gone through my own process and I've 
try to identify more um, with my spirit than with my human, there's been a lot that has changed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even notice it. Like it just kind of flies out of my mouth. Well, I'll say something that, you know, normally I wouldn't say, mm-hmm. you know, that that is like free of judgment or that polarity or, mm-hmm. you know, just something that, you know, the old me, you know, might not mm-hmm. have said. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I think that it's beautiful that, you know, hopefully many of us um, and all of those that you reach, they're learning and they're witnessing firsthand that, you know, oh my gosh, like I I can heal and experience transformation and Mm -hmm. I can, I can let go and release something that's been the beast of burden on my back Mm -hmm. for so long. And it, it happened in the blink of an eye. (laughs) you know like I I mean we're so conditioned to be otherwise then Mm -hmm. and that that's bring that reminds me of a question that I had because one somebody told me there are two things that somebody told me when I was receiving um because I initially I went to school um I went to university for international relations um under the guise I wanted to be a lawyer um to advocate for women and psychology with my minor and somebody had said one of one of the people one of the professors had said that that the issue with the subconscious i guess really it was three things it's that it's the generative part of our being the second was that if you ever want to know the contents of your subconscious just take a look around your life Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean all of your life is shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it just means you look at the areas that are, and that tells you where you've got some subconscious programming that's not so right. And the other thing that, um, that the professor had said was that basically the reason why we get caught in those perpetual loops is because the subconscious will never allow itself to be proved a liar. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of, curious based on your hypnosis training Mm -hmm. what you think of those you know supposed axioms um and if you don't you know like agree with them you know what is your take on them will you ask me one more time the question sure yeah so the first one was that the subconscious is the generative part of our being Mm -hmm. meaning that from that place that we you know, interact and therefore manifest or gen- yeah, yeah. generate the life that we live. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, Carl Jung has informed a lot of my work. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this work? And he has this quote that says, until you make the unconscious parts of you conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And I yeah. fully believe with that. And I, the way that I think about our unconscious, I had a visual of it, a visualization of it the other day as this like room this unconscious mm-hmm. part of us is this room. And then beyond that is the superconscious, which is connected to infinite. So basically mm-hmm. anything we want to access, anything, we have infinite potential in this because we're literally connected to all that is. And there have been contents that have been placed inside of it that don't belong to us anymore. And so I don't think we need to go in and clear out everything all at once. I think that as they manifest in our environments or as we notice something, that that is our job to then go look at that specific part. So say for me in my own journey, even with the state of the world that we're in, 
what I think of with my subconscious work is my self accountability work. So if I see something in the outer world that causes me any state of disharmony, I don't like it, whether it's the president, whatever it is, what in my subconscious is that? So that's what, that's what I come back to is like, how can I clear that out? So that is not even a part of my reality because in my belief system, everything that we see that has a charge or trigger on it is within us somewhere, every right. single part. And yeah. so if it's not, if it's peaceful, it's almost like how children don't, they don't literally don't see something if it's not in their realm of awareness, because how could they see it? They don't understand certain adult conversations or they don't understand hate. My daughter the other day, she was asking us a question. We were playing a game and she said, is it a cute animal or is it a frustrating animal? And I realized that she didn't have the term ugly in her whole being. She didn't know. Oh. Ugly, so she called it, is it cute or is it frustrating? Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Bless her heart. And I said, oh. what's frustrating? And so the frustrating aspect was that it could scare her. So and it just, that, oh, that that's showed so me. Beautiful. There's no ugly. There was no, there wasn't that seed of hate planted into her yet. She's five, almost five. And so, yeah, I know I'm going on a kind of a tangent now, but to say, no, to answer, again. to answer that, I feel as though everything that's, that, we want to address or that is causing any kind of disharmony or imbalance in our life can be addressed through the inquiry of the subconscious mind. And really, okay. I like to think of the subconscious as this friendly part of us that's really, you know, looking out for us. It's just this, it's our operating system. It doesn't right. have any malintent at all. And so often it's just a conversation you can have conversations with it and just say like, you've been operating in this way. Why? And the answer is always the same, which is just to keep you safe. It's just doing yeah. its job. I just want to keep you safe. I just, I used to have anxiety attacks and it was like, I'm trying to protect you. It's like, thank mm -hmm. you. That's no longer necessary. And it's just, I always think of disharmony as just this invitation to get back into alignment. So there's nothing right. wrong yeah. with anyone no anxiety, no depression, none of that's wrong. None of that needs medication. It's just a perfect indicator of time to look within and yeah. see what could get back into alignment. So oh, does that answer that. the question at all? I don't know. Yes, no, about. it totally, it totally does. It totally okay. does. And the one that I'm actually most um, interested to hear your take on was mm -hmm. that the subconscious will never allow itself to be proved a liar. Mm -hmm. And the, con the context of it was basically that the subconscious, which is like the supercomputer, mm -hmm. you know, that contains like every word, every, you know, every word you've said, every word that's been said to you, everything that's been done, all of it, you know, from mm -hmm. the moment we were born, even things we don't remember, it contains within. Mm -hmm. um, and it informs basically the subconscious, you know, what it's going to be receptive of. Like you mentioned, like, you know, it's the same kind of thing I talk about when I, when I tell my clients to get into that point of zero point neutrality and unconditional love mm. and, and not just for the people you choose to give it to, but even those people that you may not mm. want to give it to. And they're mm. like, well, how can I, you know, how can I give love to Trump or how can I give love to that, you know, high school shooter? And I'm like, because what you're choosing or, or how can it be neutral? Isn't that bypassing? And I'm like, no, it's not bypassing. Mm -hmm. 
what your understanding is, like you said, we're all one, we're all connected. And that ultimately, you know, and this will get tangential for a moment, but I'll bring it back around. We have no idea what their blueprint is. Mm-hmm. You know, we have no idea what their actions yeah. are intended to set into motion. Catalyst. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we can't, you know, we, humans like to think they know. And clearly we wouldn't agree with certain things that they do. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, the divine in me can still unconditionally love the divine in you mm-hmm. because you were brave enough to say, okay, I'll take on and I'll, you know, come down into this space and I will do this thing that's going, you know, and mm-hmm. as horrendous as it may be, you know, there could be a larger sort of ripple effect that reaches out and activates or, you know, is the precipice or, or does something that is needed. Mm-hmm. But they basically, the way he explained it was that if the subconscious is basically the supercomputer mm-hmm. of the system, then it informs the consciousness what it will and will not kind of see. Just like your daughter didn't have ugly in her, you know, peripheral, you know, just like the person who I teach, you know, zero point neutrality, you mm-hmm. know, they can recognize that that's, you know, have compassion. They can open their hearts to them and send love to them, but ultimately they don't invite the attachment of it into their frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want it to become part of their subconscious. Um, and he was saying that, that if the subconscious has distortions, mm-hmm. then it's going to condition the mind and build those relationships neuro- neurologically that only see and accept proof positive of whatever the, the subconscious is telling mm-hmm. you, basically. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that it's, okay. a lot of it is to, I believe our personal experience is a hologram and that yeah. um, in my experience, let's say of my own and what I've seen for clients, but I'll just speak from my own experiences that the more that I inquire with the subconscious mind and change the program, the more that things do not even manifest in my life where there was a period of my, t- of my life where chaos would physically manifest and it was self-fulfilling. It was like, see, but I told you this is happening and see, look that again, that happened. And it would keep me in this victim loop, but it's literally, it's happening right there. I see it. And it's just over and over. It's like, okay, well, let me, you're focusing on that. Let me create more. Let me generate more of that for you mm. and as I've inquired with my own mind those things literally don't happen anymore I don't lock the door to my front house because yeah. I feel safe I feel safe and yeah. you know and I know that you know obviously the body that I'm in I carry certain levels of privilege that other people don't carry there's different there are right. different circumstances depending on where you live and what you yeah. come from and you know there there is an outer experience of the world and there are things that happen and for me and my own experience the more i inquire with my with my subconscious parts of me the the higher my frequency is the more higher frequency experiences happen because i expect them to my beliefs right that's that yeah. yeah my my husband literally <clears throat> and i make fun of him all the time he will pull our cars in or our cars will be pulled in to the garage and he locks them in the garage when mm-hmm. the garage doors are locked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, why do we need, do-? and we're kind of, we're kind of the people that like, 
we pay cash for our cars, you know, yes. we don't believe in depreciating yeah. assets and debt. Yeah. So we, you know, like we buy our cars and, and through the 10, 15 years we have them, we save up money and we have our car fund so that when that one finally, you know, yeah. becomes, you know, dead, it's dead. And we just, then we'll buy newer yeah. for us. Um, and we never have to deal with like a car payment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, honey, why are you locking the, the garage and <laughs> locking the doors to the car? Number one, our cars even aren't that, you know, worthy of being stolen. Um, I'm like, and I'm like, you're like, you know, he always says keeping the honest guy honest. And I'm like, but isn't that you're kind of also Aww. expecting? That's really sweet. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I'm like, I, I, I love him for it, you know, but he, but there's lots of different things that he does that are in that alignment. And I'm like, you know, and he's not like, he's a corporate nine to five, you know, kind of, you know, agnostic, he calls himself an unenlightened agnostic. So, you know, yeah, I, I always make fun of him because I, you know, there's a lot of the work that I want to do on him that he's like, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, naturally I'm like, I know that's rooted to something. I'm like, that's rooted to some past life or something. Totally. um, So, (laughs) so as much as I could continue talking with you for literally hours, um, I, I want, I always like to end first by asking Mm -hmm. if there are any books, programs, um, resources, for any of what you do or, or that you have read and that have been impactful for you that you would recommend to anybody who's watching or listening to this? Right now, what came through is um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, mm. Becoming Supernatural. That yes. is such a beautiful, he does such a wonderful job of kind of um, bringing the science and the reason and the logic, which I know a lot of our brains enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And becoming supernatural. He, he brings, he bridges the mystical with the evidence and the proof, which I yes. love. Well, I have it. And this is the thing is I get sometimes so tripped up with the sciencey part of it. Yeah. That I'm like going back and reading it. And so it's, you know, it, it, it has been like a year journey of my attempting to read yes. this book, it's done. but I do always come back to it because I, like, I, like you, I appreciate that there's a blending of the, of the spiritual and the science, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that is like, you know, that's how we address the whole person. Cause even what we say is spiritual or woo, it's just a natural law of this universe that yeah. we yet to to fully accept and explore yeah. and, and attune to it's not supernatural it's, it's not, not magic yeah. you know it's none of that um but go go ahead if there's anybody yeah. else other than Joe Dispenza well another Dr. one that's coming up is for this year particularly I've enjoyed Shaman Durek's um spirit hacking mm. also he kind of talks about this period of the time that we're in and gives great explanations not as much science <laughs> But definitely, yeah. definitely more low key. Yeah. yeah, yeah, much easier read. I have that one as well. I yeah. like that one a lot. 
he just has a really uh, a really way of taking profound spiritual teachings and just making them so accessible and easy to understand yeah. which mm-hmm. i think is is so important you know because it's so important yeah yeah you know, you can't understand it and it's like you walk out more confused than you went in then <laughs> not only do they waste their money but they're probably not going to get much out of it at all yeah <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel, I feel this period of time for people, for our work is, I used to really kind of enjoy the woo aspect of it and take pride in that, in the magic and the mystery, which I do still, of course, but I am also wanting to normalize it because like you said, it's not, it is magic, but it's not magic because everything is magic. And so there, there just hasn't been a body of money dedicated to studying what we're doing and putting up monitoring the brainwaves. But yeah. or uh, if you read by chance David Wilcox or have heard David, of him, I haven't. It, it, it's W I L C O C K, and there may be an S after first name David. But he wrote a series of books. One of them that I'm reading now now is the Source Field Investigations. Okay. Um, uh, and there's uh, there's others that I have that I haven't gotten to yet because the source fields investigation is also another one of those that, you know, it, it goes from being really easy to understand to going, oh, I got to read that over again. But he he talks about and he, you know, has these individuals who are whistleblowers and who, you know, were scientists who did certain experiments and how it's not even just that there wasn't the money to investigate certain modalities or practices, et cetera, but that legitimately it was thwarted yeah. you know or stopped which you know is is mind-blowing you yeah. know to me you know because it's like why wouldn't we want to study this I just had chills when you said that all over my body because it feels like the truth of just yeah why wouldn't you want to well we know why probably because the industry well, yeah. is a drive it's currently. not as profit yeah. <laughs> it's not it's probably not as profitable yeah. <laughs> as as most things come down to so is there is there any is there not, like another book or anything that you would suggest I, I threw I threw in my my thing yeah. David Wilcox is is my jam right now yeah. totally loving um, I do definitely, though, recommend um, reading Source Field Investigations I will. first, um, because a lot of what he, his other books that I've attempted to even just kind of glance at, they refer back to that book. And so it's like, okay, I'm just going to read it. Um, so let everybody know how they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be so intrigued and chomping at the bit <laughs> to work with you. <laughs> So my social media account is Rosewater Temple and my website is therosewatertemple.com and there will be more offerings coming up. Um, My intention for that space is to just be this online retreat where people can come and spend time, just nourish and just kind of get those frequency upgrades instantly. Yeah. That sounds so beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) 
And like, yeah, I'm like, we totally need to pair up. I want to try a deep yeah. dive session so bad. Likewise, I'm like break, getting a breakthrough on my schedule yeah. after this. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I know we'll be talking, you and I, um, privately here soon, you know, again mm. and again. <laughs> um, but I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to mm. spend um, this almost hour and a half <laughs> with me um, and sharing your wisdom and sharing your journey. Um, I, you know, I've learned so much um, about you and, and about the magic and the miracles you bring to this world. I know that everybody listening and watching is equally going to learn so much and feel so inspired just as I do. So I just, I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I just want you to know I love you to pieces. <laughs> oh, thank you, Laura. <laughs> Your feeling is so mutual. <laughs> okay, thank so thank you so much and I'm sure we are going to continue this conversation um, mm -hmm. at another time. <laughs> but hopefully cat scratches. Yeah. <laughs> And no longer <laughs> yeah, just to give everybody a reference we were supposed to brainstorm and instead I had to spend the day in the doctor because I got mauled by a psychotic cat <laughs> so it was a real pleasant experience but anyways uh, so thank you so much thank you everyone who listened um, and who joined us today definitely go and follow Sage on social media Definitely go and check out her website. Everything she does, everything that comes from her is pure magic. Mm. Um, and, and you're just, you're going to want to be a part of that circle and that space and that energy. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. And I love you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for sharing this sacred space within the Soulful Connections podcast. We would love to hear from you. The conversation is co-created, so share your comments below or hop on Instagram and visit soulfulconnectionspodcast underscore. We are on the other side of the comments and can't wait to connect with you. We appreciate our conversations. Don't forget to give us a follow and leave a review on Apple or Amazon. To support the Soulful Connections podcast, intentional conversations that serve as medicine, share with your friends or on social media. <laughs>